Pickle, 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 pickle. I'm just gonna let you do intros and I'm gonna hold my hands up in the air, but I have to say words so the camera gets on me going like this. Here we go. All right, here we go. Uh, that was a grandma's boy reference for those in the audience. If you haven't seen that movie, there's no, uh, no hidden meaning there. Uh, all right, topic number one, MLB playoffs. How we like playoffs? How we like the expanded format? I don't know. I'm off it. I kind of. I think it. I've asked a couple of people this, and I'm just biased because I was in the MLB playoffs. I think it's weird to. I, I asked you this. I think does it like does having eight teams in the playoffs make it less? Should you get less satisfaction if you get knocked out in the first round? So first of all, coming to you live from Petco Park here in San Diego, firsthand <laughs> oh! action. You know, I'm here watching the games live, checking things out. Uh, I think it's weird that teams aren't – there's, like, no home crowd, no home field advantage. I think that's just kind of weird. In some regards, I think winning this year could be more difficult because you have to go through more rounds. Everybody's playing under the same rules. So uh, it's kind of weird. I think uh, more teams getting in, it just changes things a little bit. But the, uh, the Astros are the uh, sixth seed. All the other seeds are the one, the one, two in the National League, and then the Astros are the sixth seed. So, pretty sure that means the Astros would have gotten in through the old wild. Would they have gotten in with the old wild card format or no? No. Nope. Four and five. Four and five play. Card. All right. So, this could be uh, first time ever a six seed actually wins the World Series. It also gets into the playoffs as a six seed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the rate of the the Astros, I surprisingly was not expecting this really enjoyed their embracement of being the villain and the heel, especially Carlos Correa, who's a stud. I mean, he's unbelievable, but he's just leaning in hard and I didn't expect to like it, but I like it. You could make, first of all, you can make a strong argument for the fact that knowing that you only had to come in the top eight uh, with no divisional implications and things like that uh, kind of allowed you to coast in the regular season. Oh, uh, we're going to shout out uh, Billy Garcia here for his hot take back in the spring when he was, told me that he sent me like a text or put out a Facebook message. And I want everybody in the world to call him out for saying hot take Astros aren't making the playoffs. And then with like three days left in the regular season, he was like, dude, hot take Astros aren't making the playoffs. And I looked at the standings. I was like, no, they're getting in. And he was like, oh, my bad. And now they're, I texted him the other night and I was like, hey, remember that time the Astros didn't get into the playoffs? But anyway, so I thought that was funny. But uh, point of the story is, um, yeah, like I, when it's, I think it's great that they're, they're, they're really finding something to kind of like collectively as a team surround themselves, like su- surround this kind of, you know, villain, whatever you want to call it. Cause I, I, and, the beauty of it for them is that this year they, they've kind of – they got to kind of skate by in the sense that they didn't have to deal with visiting crowds. Uh, shorter season, like other things happen. So it, I think it would have been significantly more challenging had it been a regular 162-game season on the road. And I would have liked to have seen what that turned into. But, um, you know, obviously there's still stuff on the internet and stuff that they're going to read at night. So um, kudos to them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're a good team. They're playoff tested. They've been there before. Things like that can bring a team together. You know, I was, who were we talking to the other day? Somebody was, uh, Jeff Kent was here. 
he was saying how Dusty Baker was one of the best managers he ever played for, how he was so good at communicating, him being in that role, dealing with adversity, you know, bridging the gaps between different players. It's crazy how stuff like that can, can bring a group together, dealing with adversity together. Uh, Brasso, is that how you pronounce his name? Brasso from the, the Rays. Epic, Homer, sorry, Mike, from Hit Tracks. We did a Hit Track. We were doing a live with Hit Tracks on Instagram. What did, I mean, this was epic. From a, from a guy who Chapman headhunted against to come back from 0-2, there was a, a questionable O2 pitch. Was it a splitty? I think um, I saw a pretty lengthy blog explaining that the pitch was a ball, not a strike. Yankees fans, relax. Uh, but just an epic, absolutely epic at bat. First of all, it was a ball according to some arbitrary definition of the fact that everybody thinks that the strike zone is a defined area of whateverness over home plate. Period. But yes, karma is a real mother. You don't buzz a guy. Like, I'm just guessing, right? Because I've had my comparison moment would be like going back to Minnesota for the first time, my first game against an old team in the big leagues, and not even close because of the implications of being in the playoffs in game five and stuff like that. But I'll never forget 4-4 game in the ninth inning, two outs. And this is a homer story. I'm doing it. I'm going to check this one up. But, like, the reality of it is – I felt so – as athletes, you, you, every, everybody kind of has these moments where they they just center, right? They just – it's a different focus. Like, I'm sure you've been there. Uh, like, anybody that's ever played a game where it's just weird, it's eerie, like, you know you're going to get it done. And I think all the build-up to that moment – and part of the reason why I wouldn't have had Chapman in the game, one of the reasons why I wouldn't have had Chapman in the game, was exactly that, to make – to face that hitter. Because – when he burned the slider foul, it was over. Like, when he started fouling off heaters and then he burned the slider 400 feet foul, I was like, it's over, dude. Like, he's getting them. Like, no matter what he throws, you got nothing left. There's nothing left in the kitchen that he can, you know, get him out with. I mean, he would have been better off walking him, in my opinion. Because, honestly, as much as that's, like, not the most intimidating dude in their lineup, not that there are, like, Randy Arosa real deal is intimidating. You see how I did that there? Rosa, real deal. Rosa, Rosa's a real one. He's got some a Rosa, real deal. One. But anyway, I would have never let that be the guy. If I were Chapman, I would have been like, "Nah, move on. We'll go to the next one." But that's neither here nor there. I wouldn't have had Chapman in the game, so on and so forth. The Yankees didn't do the things that they needed to do to win. Garrett Cole excluded from that because he really bared down the first inning. Slide step, three-two slide step, first inning, bases loaded, two outs. Did you Incredible. catch the uh, so? The, he, the Brasso kid had a bunch of really good interviews post-game. There was one that I really liked because there was a – he toe-tapped his, that on the homer pitch. Yeah. It, it was such a good example of of having just natural adjustable moves. He didn't do it on purpose. He just loaded so early that he was like, oh, I'm early. Tap it down and go. Just a, just a natural athletic reaction. Um, just really cool to see because that those types of things will happen on the fly and he was I mean you're you're in a playoff game against one of the best closers in baseball and he's making these on the fly adjustments about being early not about toe tapping but about being early and the toe tap was a result of that I think it's a great lesson for players to to be locked in to be you know always be making adjustments and not 
uh, not sticking to something just because it's what you do. It's just like, no, I'm late. I got to go early. This guy throws ABA, hard. Go early. always be adjusting. ABA, not ABC, always be closing. ABA, always be adjusting. And you know what? He even talked about the staying on top and the feeling of hitting against a guy throwing 100. So that whole game would be a really good example to me of you're facing high-level dudes, like nitty-gritty, like they're coming at you with their best. There was probably not a fastball throw in that game that was less than 96 miles an hour, if I had to guess. And very few adjustments were made, I think, generally speaking. Like there were five hits in the game. Um, Now, granted, you're facing some – really good pitchers right um but the point is like how do you how do you change for those at bats how do you make yourself more competitive in those at bats and there were a whole lot of you know ncabs non-competitive at bats you get that you get that i came up with that yeah i mean i I saw that the average fastball velocity was i think 97.2 miles an hour in that game is that good just fuel a lot of a lot of velo coming uh, let's move on. Other other key moments of the divisional series. We got Bellinger robbing Tatis, and then also hitting a homer. Pretty big moment. Uh, pretty cool to hit a homer in a game and take one away in the same game. That's that's a pretty cool combo. What is like? What's like the basketball equivalent of that? Or like a what? What in in football? Is it like throwing a touchdown or receiving a touchdown? You'd have to do both. Yeah, you'd probably have to throw one, catch one. I can't think of another sport that's really got the same because you're the offense defense stuff is different for each sport. Yeah. I mean, football throwing one and catching one would be the same. Taysom Hill, you know, any receiver that could chuck it a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say that's, it happens probably with the same frequency guy like uh, Julian Edelman catching a touchdown pass and then throwing sure. one in the same game. Some other big moments, Gio Urshela, big Homer, uh, Acuna hit a just, massive homer uh, Mookie doing Mookie things and then last just Correa being Correa just putting the team on the back put the team on the back so who do you have in uh so we've got Atlanta Dodgers the the Rays and the Astros played last night so we know the the Rays are up one nothing who do you think who do you got going on who do you, who do you got advancing and you got feelings on players with with big moments all right, so I'm going to stick to my guns. On our last show, I had – the only prediction I, I came at with conviction was I got the Dodgers winning. I said the winner of the Dodgers-Padres series is going to win the World Series, so I'm sticking to my guns there. So the Dodgers are going to beat the Braves. As much as I like the Braves and, you know, Brian Snickers, the manager, got to hang with Stanton in Italy last year at a convention. Like, great. Like, I'm happy for them. Um I, I just want a cool series. And honestly, in, in the American League, like, uh, I think like a rematch of Dodgers-Astros would be cool at this point. I, I was completely wrong about the American League. I thought Yankees-A's, or I would have liked to have seen Yankees-A's. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't. By the way, I didn't even know they played game one last night. Is that like a fact? Is that real? Yeah, they played. I didn't even know they were playing. And I, I got on Twitter and I, I noticed people commenting. So I checked. Yeah, I see. That goes to show. I think that goes to show you what the implication of like no offense to the Tampa Bay Rays, but what the implication of them winning that game instead of the Yankees, like in that national recognition that it would have gotten. I, I would have, I could have sworn yesterday was like a football basketball day, but. Yeah. I, I thought that the series started Monday for both, but 
That's right. Well, they did that. They did that last week. They did that last week because they wanted to avoid Sunday. Um, I did love that all the games were played back to back. Uh, That's a bubble thing where you typically there's a travel day. Had a March Madness feel to it, I thought, which I liked. Games all day, just just baseball all the time. I think at one point three or four games were on simultaneously. That's fun. Just bounce around, a lot of action. Uh, I mean, Dodgers are going to be tough to beat. It's just anything really can happen. I, it's so it's I, baseball, man. I think Dodgers Astros is a more dramatic series. The Rays sure. being in the in the in the World Series is just kind of like they're the Rays. They're kind of although although G Man Choi G Man Choi came with it the other night with the trash can and the Jay Z song. He was G Man's just building up, you know, big time big time credentials in my book. That's building a brand right there. Guys kicking a trash can, smoking a cigar. Mm-hmm. Good for you, G Man. Yeah, I don't. I don't really have any gut feelings. I, I don't honestly haven't watched any of these teams enough this year to know the personalities. And you know, you'd like this. I'd love to see Acuna go off. The Dodgers yeah. are just deep, man. They just their whole lineup is a tough out. It's just one after another. They grind. They don't chase. They they hit balls hard consistently. By the way. You know how we were talking about the funny thing about the Sean Murphy, come, the thing coming up about him being one of the best young hitting catchers and best hitting catchers in baseball? No, Will Smith is one of the best hitters catching, hitting. Will Smith is one of the best hitting catchers in baseball, if not the best. Like, And by the way, uh, Keith and I were talking about him the other day. Keith Beauregard, uh, coach of the Dodgers organization. And he was hitting, Will was hitting like 100 in the postseason. And then he just casually rolled about a five for six. NBD. That, that dude bangs. That dude smashes. Yeah, he's done a nice job. So we'll see. I think. I mean, I think it's going to be Dodgers Rays. Go from there. I don't. Yeah, I don't what know. you think doesn't matter. Yeah, whoever scores. I just hope you're wrong, win. so we can make funny. I think making predictions is like it's like I hate it. I don't like being wrong, so I don't like saying things that are going to like lead to me being wrong. What's wrong with that? Is that a problem? I'm different than 99% of the world. Sorry. We have one more, one more topic that Patrick, producer Patrick will hate us if we don't touch on. Homer's deciding games. In, uh, I think it's 18-1. and one. I saw a tweet this morning. In 18 of the 19 games in the playoffs, the team with the team most up. homers wins. Will that trend continue? I also saw that there's been zero bunts in the playoffs. And will, will there be how many over-under how many bunts in the postseason? Uh you're getting into like the nitty gritty here. You're you're getting to the nitty gritty time. So I think now if it's necessary, they'll do it, but it, it's just hard to change your identity as a team, right? Like it's hard to be one thing and then do something else. Like, do I think bunt, there's a place for bunting in the game? Yes. Do I think we'd still need to be able to manufacture runs? Yes. Like, as you can see, when you face frontline guys in game five, it turns into a five hit game. So like, there were some walks, there were some guys on base, there were some errors in that game, but couldn't push one across because you couldn't move guys over. So the opportunity to get those runs in has to, like, it has to be a part of what you're doing because, like, swing and miss is, uh, swing and miss is too prevalent. So, like, we have to figure out how to, how to combine both, I think. Yeah, I think it would be wild if there were zero bunts in the entire postseason. I think that would be just a crazy thing. I get it in today's game. I think so let's let's go tie game. Are they doing tiebreaker with runner on second in the playoffs? No. no? Okay. I was gonna say if right you're if 
it's a bottom of the tenth, you score or win the run, do you bond? I would say yes. But score to win the run? Did you say you score to win the run? Probably. Yeah. Patrick, did he say you score to win the run? Yeah, I did. Don't, yeah. don't worry about my Bobby's English. Hey, no, your English has been like incredibly poor today. Just today. You're talking I'm, about videos and being emails and emails being videos. Didn't get a lot you of got, you're, getting, you're getting words are, Columbus words are Day weekended. You're getting Columbus Day weekended. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Last topic. We had a, a happy day yesterday and we had a sad day yesterday. Alex Smith returned from a double leg fracture and Dak Prescott's ankle done broke. Yeah. Uh, I was out to dinner. It was actually the first time being out to dinner. We have family in town. And uh, I'm just eating. We're at a little Tex-Mex place. I'm eating a nacho. And I froze. And I was like, oh, my God. That's really bad. That compound fracture. When the thing that was crazy about the injury was Dak was just chill. Was he just in pure shock when it happened? Because he's yeah, like – he like he's like pointing down at his foot. The defender that tackled him was like, "Oh, get somebody over here!" Yeah, uh, that was bad. I hate seeing people get injured. It reminded me of that uh, the NCAA tournament. The Louisville kid who was like right by the bench, and the the, be- the the floor was like raised up, so it was at eye level for all the players. Uh, Gordon Hayward. I mean, it's when legs break, man. It's so gruesome. You know what I like to say there? That ain't it. Poor guy. I mean, look, there's tons of implications there, obviously, for him personally. But, you know, the good thing is he's young and I think very much capable of bouncing back. Um, Not to flip it to the other side, but obviously seeing what Alex Smith did like that, that's as incredible of a story to me it's ever happened. If you – if anybody watched that, I think 30 for 30 or E60 or whatever it was, it – I mean, it's incredible, man, like – I, like the infections, like he almost had, he almost lost his leg like probably six times. Like they almost had to cut the whole thing off because they couldn't stop the infection from spreading. Um, and to see the fact that he played in an NFL game, and then even Aaron Donald made a comment after about like, and if Aaron Donald's saying your leg's strong, like you're back, like that's awesome. I mean, incredible, like willpower, desire, and I, I, you know, as much as you feel bad in the moment that it happens for the player and and guys that have gone through injuries or other like stuff like that to, that have kind of put a damper on their career, you know, at some point you're going to, you're just going to come back stronger because of it. I think Dak was having to, you know, putting together a great year, obviously, but uh, you know, yeah, it's too one, bad, man. It's part of the game. One thing that always surprises me when people get injured. So you got like Dak Prescott, the, the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, how quickly the game moves on. It's like next man in, let's go keep it yeah. rolling. Uh, it's, it's always tough dealing with injuries. I had uh I, I, I had a stress fracture in my back in college. I broke my thumb and had to have surgery in college. Being on the outside of it's pretty tough. Um, a lot of your identity is usually tied up in being that player. So, you know, it's, it's, it's important to check in on teammates if they're getting, if they're getting hurt. If you're that guy, try to be, remain a part of the team. Don't just disconnect. Um, you know, a situation like Dax where he's, I think, pretty sure he went, he had surgery last night for the repair. Um, you know, you're just on the road to recovery. You just keep working hard and see what happens. But you know, it's tough for him considering his offseason with contract stuff and was under the franchise tag for the year, trying to get the big deal next year. And it's crazy. It's crazy in the, the professional world what can happen, you know, in one play. 
he'll come back stronger for it, man. It, it, you know, I, I have no doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, Post show. There's been a request for you to defend Tom Brady not knowing what down it was on the final drive of the Monday Night Football. He uh, he just threw a pass. No, it was Thursday Night Football, Bob. Thursday night. My days are all messed up. What happened? Listen. Tom Brady's really handsome. He's an incredibly good-looking man. That's what I have to say about that. He's a great passer. Good That's family. That's it. So Tom what do you want Brady, me to say? Tom, well, I watched. I watched the thing. Did he spike the ball. I was. I think I, that I he thought that they thought that no. I he tried to throw like a seam route, like that was probably like they needed six. He threw a seventeen-yard, you know, kind of like post, and I, things were happening fast. So even I was confused to what down it was, and I I knew that the chains hadn't. You know they moved, but like the sounds like a lot. I got nothing to say, man. Like yeah. Tom Brady's handsome. Tom Brady's really good looking. That's what I have to say there. What What else you want me to say? Like he's human. Like I would still, I would still want him on my team every day of the week. Twice on Saturday, four times on Sunday. That's how many times I want him on my team. I think he okay. thought it was third down. I think that's pretty clear. I think being good at football and being senile because you're old are two different things. Like, it's possible that he's he's more senile now because he's 43. He's down in Florida. He's hanging out with the elderly. Yeah, he's chilling. Like, being around, maybe being around Gronk too much. Like, you know, I don't know. Maybe forget the downs. Maybe son. I don't, like, Bruce Arians had his back. Bruce Arians said he knew what down it was, so that's enough for me. That's just a good coaching move, protecting your player. Tom Brady's handsome, bro. Uh, last topic. I'm Brady Miami Hansen. Heat lost to the Lakers in the NBA Finals. And Didn't even that's know rundown. <laughs> Didn't even know. Didn't even know what happened. The only quarter I watched was because Patrick made me stay here the other night and watched it after the Yankees game. Once the Celtics uh, got eliminated, I was done. It was like 63-46 at the half, or was 64-36. It was a blowout, just dominating performance by the Lakers. They're, you know, they're the best team in the league. They got the, two of the best players in the league in LeBron and AD. Tough and Alex Caruso. I mean, what? I thought you meant LeBron and Alex Caruso. You you started with A, and I thought you meant Alex Caruso. Alex Caruso was a stud. He had that one game where he was like the guy from White Men Can't Jump. It was phenomenal. Like He was just dominating everyone. I enjoyed that thoroughly. It's the only thing I enjoyed about the Lakers season. Well, And LeBron's they special. They won. Look, LeBron's, Good talk. LeBron's an absolute monster on the court. I'm, I'm not – I'll never be able to – say anything about his abilities on the court. I, I think for he him should asking, try football. For him, did you see him asking for his respect after this? In the, like they're giving no, him, I think he should just go try football. Trophy. He's like, I want my respect. Like, dude, don't I, yeah, ask he needs for to respect. stop talking. Yeah. Just stop talking. If he stopped talking, it would be, be way better. All right. That is the rundown. You got anything else? Nope. I'm That's not. a pickle. That's not even. I got a gimbal. It's a pickle. This is a gimbal. Rhymes with pickle. No, it doesn't. <laughs> Close enough. All right. See That's ya. pickle. We'll see you next week.